Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Planet X. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Plygonometry. This is a family podcast where each week we sit down with a member of my family, and by we, I mean me, and we sit down and we talk about aliens and the existence of life and God and how you breathe his name and stuff. What, dude? Yeah, it's crazy, and we're not going to do too long of an intro uh, for this episode. I hope you guys like the first part. Um, but something that I was thinking about while I was recording these intros is that I love my grandpa, dude. I love him so much. He's so awesome. He's eccentric. He's exciting. He's compelling. He knows how to tell a story. And you know what? I love him for it. I think it's great. And if you guys don't like him, that's okay. That's all right. I'm sure that he doesn't think about you at all. For real. Uh, so I hope you guys have a great time listening to him talk about uh, the other parts of the 12th planet and Zechariah Sitchin and all these other things. This stuff is pretty interesting, man. Regardless if you believe it or not, like, it's kind of weird. That's, that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not claiming to believe nor deny the existence of Planet X and whether or not it actually is collab, but we'll figure it out. Hope you guys like it. Ligonometry. I've spoke a little bit about the the nature of of God, Yahweh, Yahweh, Gimadalet, Elohim, yeah. all of the names, all of the yeah. various incarnations, and what you can call the the supreme being, supreme deity, the supreme deity. Yeah, with the uh, going back to the original language of Hebrew and kind of deciphering what all of that stuff means with in that context my my foundational wake-up call to it was when i was actually in israel that's when you've kind of that, turned on to it oh it that was i i was really in question and it was before Nora and i were married as a matter of fact okay and she was with me mm-hmm. and it's kind of like when we really got Nora and i really kind of locked in mm-hmm. you know and of course there's the age difference and all that but we won't mm-hmm. get in that so so I'm going through, we went through the Holocaust Museum and we're doing this. and In Israel? In Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that, that was a wake up. But let's, let's talk, let's keep online with the, with the original Hebrew and its alphabet. We were at a place called Qumran. 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 And uh, it was where the uh, scenes were. Yeah. Dead Sea Scrolls. You could look. Oh, yeah. Yes, that. yes, yes. Dead Sea Scrolls and everything else. And a kind of a spirit really came over me when we were up there, and I just like, wow, you know, I'm really getting, I'm really getting a good feeling. You know how, when you're in a room and somebody walks into a room, and you can get a negative feeling towards it, or you can get a positive feeling towards it. A vibe, yeah. Yeah, that's your yin and that's your yang. That's mm-hmm. that's your intercompass. That's your in, inner pendulum mm-hmm. attracting to it or whatever. Pendulum is nothing more than tapping your truly inner inner psyche that you don't see physically right in front your of you. Your own vibrations. Yeah. Okay. I understand. You, you you handle that pendulum yourself. It isn't some outside energy. To mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But anyway, not to talk about the pendulum, but to get back to the, the Hebrew. And then it was after we'd been on Qumran, 
and where this Dead Sea Scrolls thing were going, we went to the Dead Sea Scroll Museum. Did you see the Dead Sea Scrolls there? Yes, yes. We so they're on display. Them. They're on display. Okay. And here was a copy of Isaiah from the Dead Sea Scrolls in Hebrew, dated a couple hundred years before the birth of Yeshua, of our Savior. And wow. Yeah. Okay. Is the is the Hebrew Bible we have today, the Hebrew we have today, that Ezra wrote while he was captive, mm-hmm. you know, that he transformed from the Paleo Hebrew to the modern Hebrew today, is that correct? Is it word for word? So this is 200 years, so it's in the modern script. It's not in the Paleo script. Okay. And it's written there, and there it is, and it's all around. It's the whole book of Isaiah. I said to myself, I can hang my hat on this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, but I can't really read it. And I had played with the Hebrew alphabet at that time. I had just played with it. Mm-hmm. I bought a copy of this. I bought a little book, got a copy of it. I got home. Yeah. I got out the Torah in Hebrew that I had. Yeah. The actual Torah. Mm-hmm. And I took, and but I went to the writing of the prophets. The Torah actually, the Torah itself is not, is not the actual writing of the prophets. Mm-hmm. I went to the writing of the, of the prophets and looked up I, and got Isaiah and got Isaiah in the Hebrew that I had. Mm-hmm. And I painstakingly sat there and took every single consonant. Of every letter of the Hebrew. Every, every single one. Every single one that was there. It took me weeks in doing this. And what was your intention? You were Compare it. Comparing. Oh, I okay. was comparing that that was there with the Dead Sea Scrolls. Every consonant lined up perfectly. 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 Wow. These scribes were not altering things to fit their little personal Kool-Aid. Theory I gave you about Kool-Aid earlier. Mm-hmm. Or agenda. Yeah. They were staying true to what Isaiah wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, how did he write him? On parchment? Oh, they say that he wrote it on parchment. They say that he wrote it on chips of pottery. They say that he wrote it most in box tree wood. Mostly was where the scriptures were written at that time on box tree wood, which is a wood that you can get it very smooth and you can, you know, with ink right on Yeah. I think that's your cell phone. I don't care. <laughs> hey, you like that? You hear that tune? Yeah, I know exactly. Okay, a lot what of times it, it goes too long because I just love that tune and I can't pick it up. That's probably the reason why people get frustrated if they call you. It's like, <laughs> God damn it, Grandpa, I answer the phone. But you're just listening to your ringtone. <laughs> okay, so. So I took every consonant and I lined up. Yeah. And I said to Nora, mm-hmm. I could say, you can hang your hat on this. Yeah. I can hang my hat on Isaiah. Hmm. And then I saw that they had almost all of Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and all this. And I'm yeah. doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I can hang my hat on 80% of this and 90% of this. Yeah. That's when I got into Hebrew. That's when it that's, that's when it hit. That's when the rubber hit the road. Yep. And I knew that, okay, you're not going to fool me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so I, I studied the Hebrew, and then this is when I come down to the name. The most important thing that I could give my posterity and everything is to get away from the Gimel Dalit. 
Get away from what man is putting out, what man and his weakness and innocence is putting out there. Think for yourself. Hmm. You want to know what the Bible is about? Then get it in its original. Don't only learn the modern script that uh, Ezra gave us. Uh, do you mean Ezra or Isaiah? Ezra. 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 Okay. Now you need to go to Ezra too. You need to. St- Ezra is is a prophet that should be should really be studied. Okay. And you're going to have to to really understand Ezra. You're going to have to go to the apocrypha writings. The apocrypha writings is what Constantine said wasn't important for you to understand, so he made them apocrypha writings. Mm-hmm. And it, that's a that's an interesting parallel to me because you you have this notion of going to Israel you know, basically comparing the Dead Sea Scrolls to the Torah in its original Hebrew, it all matches up perfectly. And then you tell your posterity, if you want to really truly understand something, you have to do it in the original. And the reason why I say that is because you also did that with Mormonism. Yes, I did. You went from being just kind of the the typical Joe Schmo, lollipop Mormon, as you call it, to being like, well, hold on. We're we're missing something. And then I read the Book of Mormon and it's, I went and spent $5 at Sam Weller's again, and uh, bought the original Book of Mormon before it was broken down in the scriptures and everything. And I found, I found where they added stuff to it at the very end, and certain things that were different. And I thought, you know, they even changed the Book of Mormon. Mm. And they've changed it since then, too. Now, now if it's supposed to be the most perfect book ever written, Mm -hmm. as certain general authorities have said, well, then why change it? You would think. You would think. You would think. So... That, and that's an now, issue that I have with the Book of Mormon as well, well because they I'm have... I'm going to tell you something. There's parts of the Book of Mormon I actually believe. I think Joseph Smith was inspired to put certain things out there. There's other people, too. You can do it. You can write a Book of Mormon if you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Psych into it. Mm. Maybe I should. Start yeah. my own religion. You want to join my religion? Do you? Uh, so here's a question. Do you want to be the guy that everyone worships? <laughs> no. I will never. Or, or Gra- a Grandpa Rudd? If you, if I was to ever speak before the congr, the Apostolic Brethren congregation again, fundamentalists yeah. or Mormons, I'd say think for yourself. Yeah, these guys, they're probably asleep <laughs> behind me because if they were awake, they'd be kicking me off the stage, <laughs> and I'm still talking to you, so they got to be asleep. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Get up, get out of here. Think for yourself. Get out of here. Think, think for yourself. For yourself. You got as much power as anybody else on this earth, mm-hmm. and that woman does not have to get her any priesthood or anything through you. You want to heal somebody? You have the mama put the hands on the head. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to get some healing because you're going to get her energy. Yeah, you're going to get her energy. That's really cool. And she is the spiritual foundation of your home. Yeah. You see, you're talking about, and you asked me this earlier when we were when we were off the mic about Yehwa and why do you say he? Why do you, why do you reference the supreme deity, as you want to say, as he, Yahwa as he? Mm-hmm. Especially when, when you have four, you have Yod, He, Vav, He, and you got the Yod being masculine, the He being a feminine, the Vav being a connection of the two and not really taking a side on a gender, mm-hmm. and then you end up with Yod, He, Vav, and He again. Yeah. So you got, you got two very feminine parts and only one real actual masculine part mm-hmm. so why do you say he yeah who builds the house who's got the broad shoulders to pick up the timbers to swing the hammer to build the house the he part the masculine part mm. the olive the ox yeah 
And you're yeah. talking, and you're not talking about like specifically. It has to be a man to do that. It's just that type of idea is the. Well, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right? Am I? Am no, I'm I in- saying it pretty much has to be the masculine side that's building the house because of what you're, what the way you're built. Okay. You're built to lift that up. Sure. Even though you have a sister that is awesome. <laughs> oh, and my and little her. sister could lift, lift to anyone doing <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's certain exceptions here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, understand, I understand what you're saying. Now, who moves into that house? Once you built that house, who moves into the house? The family. Well, wait a minute. You got, you got to make a family. Who moves into the house? So you're going to... You, who oh. builds the nest and who uh, gotcha. got understand. the best nest? And the birds mm. run around and says, oh, I want to see your nest. You know, oh, you got a nice, strong nest there, good nest. This is where I'll lay my eggs. Mm. Okay, so you build a house and then you invite the woman that you want to have a family with in. And what does she do? She literally takes over the house. Your shoes off before you walk into the kitchen. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, honey. I get to I know that my grandma. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, you know, as my grandma would say, everything out there, you got your grandpa's world. When he steps in here, he's in my world. Yeah. You know, grandma was big that way. Yeah. Yeah. Jewish side. Anyway, so, well, here's what's interesting. L- look at this, Olive, masculine. Yeah. Do you mind if I steal that from you? Is yeah. That okay. And now the second letter, two, in the alphabet is bet. Bet. Yeah. Now you look at it, and it's a womb, and it means womb. You go in there and look at it; it means womb, the home. It's the womb. It's the womb. Hmm. Now, she's the creation of who you are. She carries you in her womb for nine months. Hmm. You're totally dependent upon her. Mm-hmm. Completely dependent upon her at that time. Yeah. You're born. She nurses you. She feeds you. Mm. Yeah. And what does he do? What do you do? You go out there and you, you swing an axe mm. and chop wood to keep the house warm for yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. You go out there, you hunt an animal and mm-hmm. <laughs> or you do the garden and she helps you where you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, her yeah. primary purpose is at home. Yeah. She is the womb of the earth. She is your superior spiritually. And a man is smart to understand that and to allow himself to tap into that spirituality that his wife carries because she is your superior spiritually. Mm-hmm. That's why in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 1, seven women will come to one man. Because when it comes right down to it, when the doodah hits my, my son and, and, and Heavenly Father cleans house, there's going to be seven Wait, so can you, can you reference that? Women, can you reference one man? That, can you reference? I think. Can you reference that scripture one more time so I can look it up and read it? Oh, I, uh, Isaiah. Yeah, but you're gonna do the King James version. Well, I'm you, not gonna you do the need King. To read the Hebrew. Okay, I, I know. Oh, okay, I, okay, I, okay, I, okay, at this okay, point okay. in time, we're we're gonna go to King James. You I'm, know, the King James isn't gonna last much longer. Okay, I'm not saying that it okay, will. Okay, okay. This is context. So Isaiah, Isaiah chapter four, verse one, which really should be the last verse in chapter three. But we're going to go, we're going to do it the way King James has it out there. So, 
Yeah. Chapter four, verse one. And in that day, seven women shall take hold of one man saying, we will eat your own bread and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. Now they got all kinds of interpretations for that, and I'm not going to get into it here. Mm-hmm. And I just recommend that you understand the true meaning of it, that there is going to be seven righteous women to one righteous man. Now, however that plays out, I don't know. Mm. Okay. okay. I used to think when I was a Mormon, oh, my gosh, the Mormons get around talking. Well, we're going to practice pearl marriage once we get in the millennium because there's going to be seven women in there going to come to us. And so that's how they interpreted that verse? Yeah, but you know something? There's going to be a big house cleaning. Hmm. And that one man that's left isn't going to be out there worrying about having seven women so that he can do the doo-dah, you know? No. No. Yeah. It's a whole, going to be a whole different. It, it, it means something different. It means, yes, yeah, something completely different. That I don't know if we have time to really go in to Isaiah. I'll, I'll be swinging around. I'll be swinging around your place in the future, I think, to okay. get, some, get to get some more juiciness. Okay, <laughs> so and so so this is where I'm at. So I I went to, I went to the foundation, and I not only learned it in Ezra's Hebrew, but I also learned it in Moses's Hebrew. Okay, so the Torah. No, no, the Torah, Ezra Torah, Moses's Torah. Moses received the Torah in Paleo Hebrew. Yeah. That's Paleo-Hebrew. And what's interesting about that Hebrew, and now this is just my own conception, is that the way these characters in Paleo are, are fashioned is that you can scratch, scratch them into a stone if you need to. Yeah, very easy. Very easy, where with the Ezra, which came later, while, while the southern, southern uh, faction of, the, of Israel was, Judea was taken captive, Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ezra was commanded to, because it was, as Ezra says, your Torah has been burned, has been destroyed with the temple and everything. And he was worried, how is this going to carry forward to the posterities to come? And so, Heavenly Father says, prepare yourself. Uh, take seven days to prepare yourself, and you're going to be taken into the desert and find five, five scribes okay. to go with you. Hmm. And uh, you're going to write the Torah, and you're going to write it in a new script. The new script. And so Ezra picked five. He says, he said, in, in, in the first verse, he leaves it open as to whether they're men or women, and the one name, I believe it's Sarai or something like that, sounds like it could be feminine. Mm-hmm. But it's identified in the scriptures as, as masculine. It's hard to find the I, the Ezra Apocrypha in the actual Hebrew, so you're dep- you have to be dependent upon the bastardized English, you know, translation, translation of the new script. Yeah, of the new script. But anyway, it's out there. Okay. And so he says goodbye to the congregation, and he goes into the wilderness for forty days with these people. What's interesting, if you read that in Isaiah, he, he Heavenly Father gives him a cup of liquid to drink. It is fiery red. And when he drinks it, all of a sudden, his mind is very sharp and able to remember things and everything. What do you think was in that cup? A, a liquid of fiery red. It sounds like wine. I have, I have no, no idea. No, they weren't drunk. They couldn't no. be drunk anyway. No. I just think it was, I think it was a, uh, 
vitamin of a sort. Vitamin of sorts. Okay. Yeah. I take uh, 1,500 uh, milligrams of uh, vitamin C three times a day. I don't catch colds. There you go. I don't get COVID. I don't even get the flu. Hmm. Well, and also I'm a vegan on top of it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Ezra doesn't eat any meat. Daniel was the same way. So he got his revelation. He fasted for meat. He didn't take meat. He ate the fruit of the vine. Hmm. Anyway, so they, so they rewrite and they write the Torah for mankind. And he saved the Torah. And he wrote it in this more modern script. Now, now you have a script that you could write on paper. And you could write the Paleo on paper, too. But it'd be much more difficult. Look at the script. Yeah. Look how difficult it would be. It's a lot. The the non-Paleo Hebrew looks a lot more um, fancy. Nicer. Looks a little bit more pretty. Artistic, yeah. Yeah. But but uh, trying to do that into a rock would be a lot harder than the Paleo. Paleo is easy to scratch into a rock and look where the children of Israel were at that time. In the desert. And so Heavenly Father, so when Moses come down and he had those tablets, hmm. it was in Paleo. In Paleo Hebrew in were Paleo the Ten Commandments. Hebrew were the Ten Commandments. Later, with Ezra, it came into the modern. So when I saw that original script of Isaiah, and it was in the modern, and it was dated 200 years, you see. Before Jesus arrived. Before our Savior mm -hmm. arrived, yes. Uh, I took that home. I, you know, hang your hat on that. Now, you can go, and they have found rock carvings here in the United States that's in Paleo. And so that tells me that that's pre-Ezra. It has to be pre-Ezra. Where did they find these rocks? Oh, you, you, uh, Northeast. Rapper Joseph Smith was at. Found his tablets and everything. So I think that, you know something, I think, I think Joseph Smith found some ancient writings. Okay. He had witnesses and everything else, but I, and I think it was in Paleo-Hebrew. Okay. And maybe a little Egyptian thrown in there. Just for spice? Well, okay. You familiar, familiar with Yiddish? I'm not familiar. I mean, I know what it is, but I, well, I'm you not. Well, you got a great-grandma great that uh, spoke some Yiddish. Okay. Okay. Because she but was the, Jewish, correct? Well, she come from, she, she wasn't a practicing Jewish. But, but she was of Jewish lineage. As I, as I told you, okay. she, she would really get nervous when her sister was coming to visit because her house wasn't kosher. <laughs> <laughs> and her sister was. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. so there was some Yiddish there. Okay. Just a few words that she knew. Okay. But some Yiddish, and it was passed down. Now, Yiddish is a, is a combination of German and Hebrew. Okay. It's called Yiddish. You also have a Sephardic Yiddish, which can be a combination of Hebrew and Spanish. Okay. Portuguese, like in mm -hmm. that manner. So mm -hmm. Yiddish is a combination of Hebrew and the native language that they're that they're living in. Okay. Okay. The children of Israel were in Egypt for four hundred years, and now they're coming out and they're learning Paleo and they're speaking Hebrew. And so you end up with a kind of a Yiddish, an Egyptian ver version of yeah, Yiddish. of a Yiddish. And so they're sitting there saying that the Book That's of Mormon a very was interesting. Thing. Book of Mormon was a combination of Hebrew so, and Egyptian. And I'm sitting there and I'm laughing to myself and I said. That's a <laughs> that's a that's a a type of Yiddish in a sense. So the uh, the the assumption here is that when Joseph Smith was talking about reformed Egyptian, reformed Egyptian <laughs> is just the Yiddish equivalent of Egyptian and Hebrew combined. I think so. I believe that, and I believe nice. that archaeological evidence 
proves it. Cool. You can go in there like they have this one stone. I don't know what it was. It was in Smithsonian, and they said it was Cherokee. And then this old rabbi comes through, and he's looking at it. And then he, and then he turns it. It was upside down. He said, hey, this is upside down. He turns it right side up, and he says, no. He says, that's Hebrew. That's Paleo-Hebrew. Smithsonian, somebody took it off to them and put it back in a corner in some closet somewhere. Hmm. Uh, you're not going to tell us that's not Cherokee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, man. maybe it was Cherokee. Maybe yeah. the Cherokee were, were writing in Paleo-Hebrew. Where did they get the Paleo Hebrew? If the Cherokee were writing in uh, Paleo Hebrew, well, where if, did, where if did they, they were, and that's a, and then that's a big if. A big if they were, okay. Yeah, big if. All right, okay. Oh, I don't believe in if anymore. <laughs> Ifs an illusion, and we won't get into. It. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So that's so, a very interesting uh, parallel to draw. I've never heard that theory before. <laughs> Who's talking about theories here? Okay. All right. You can you can go Maybe into the archaeological word. evidence and see Paleo written on rocks in rivers up in the northeast, okay. and through the St. Lawrence Waterway and everything else, and it's actual Hebrew. Uh, there's a Walters Walter Scott. Uh, he wrote the book The Hooked X. Hmm. Punching Hooked X. I have it. I go into my library. I, I love this author. I love to read his writing. He Walter is, Scott. Yeah, I think it's Walter Scott. Uh, Punch in Hooked X, and you'll find okay. out he's the author of that or book. Or Scott Walter. Scott Walter. There you go. There you go. Okay. Scott Walter. Now, this guy is fearless. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. And I think he's a metallologist or something like that. And uh, he's, he's, not, he, he's a what now? I don't know. What, whatever it is. I mean, other than rocks. being an author? Oh. He's a scientist of, some, of, of rocks. Oh, a know. geologist. Geologist, but a little more refined than that. Anyway, okay, okay. he gets into it. And he's not afraid to take on the established elitists that think that they know everything. And this is where we start going into Freemasonry and the Knights Templar. You can get in the, the, the hooked X is Knights Templar. Okay. I, I actually believe I'm an incarnated Knights Templar. <laughs> and that's what you believe? Oh, I, I, I played with it. Am yeah, I going okay. to say I believe it? You're going to tie me up here on, on your... <laughs> On your podcast, being as grandpa being this warrior, Knights Templar, <laughs> I was wheeling the sword and take, so taking can, down the infidels. So I, no, 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 <laughs> that's not what I'm going to do. So uh, I pulled it up here, and I'm just going to read the the description of the book. Okay, okay. The Hooked X by Scott F. Walter is a secret symbol, or the Hooked X, okay, is a secret symbol first found on an inscribed slab of rock dated 1362, Correct. unearthed right. by a farmer in Minnesota in 1898. Prior this, to Columbus. 1362, yes. This mysterious symbol inspired the author to pursue a nine-year investigation on both sides of the Atlantic yes. that led to the discovery of other artifacts and clandestine documents indicative of secret trips to North America long before Columbus. The trail of, of evidence led to a deep plunge into the shadowy areas of Freemasonry and the Knights Templar, there we go, and most brethren of these orders are unaware of this incredible true story reveals untold secrets of north america that weave from medieval times through today forever changing history as we know it yep very correct you know what the, now you'll see my signatures with a hooked x mm -hmm. christopher columbus wrote and signed his name with a hook next x a hooked x okay so why the hook and the x hmm. okay look at the sign of the Tav in Paleo. Okay? 
So do you mind handing me that little slip with all the paleo in there? Yeah. Okay. So the very last character is a Tav. Tav here. Yeah. Yes, I see. In paleo, what is it? It looks like an X. It's an X. Now you put, now what is the X? Well, you have the olive Tav. And so you have an olive up there, which is a V with a, with a. Which one is it? That's the olive. Oh, Aleph. Okay. Aleph. A-L-E-P-H. Aleph. Aleph. Okay. With the kind of the parentheses or something, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 So, I so, see it. And then you have that. And if you look at Hebrew on the first, on the, on the first sentence, and God created the heavens and the earth, and God, Aleph Tav. Aleph Tav. But it should, you know. Aleph Tav. Uh, the, prim- the primordial created the Elohim Aleph Tav. Mm-hmm. No meaning of the olive top. That's the first letter of the alphabet and the last, all right there. Alpha, and yet the Omega. Savior and the Savior in the New first Testament says, I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the person last. Mm-hmm. I am it. Well, now you have the olive. That's the masculine. Now you have the top. That's feminine. Mm. I believe that that's Mary Magdalene. Okay, well, and hold I think, on. And so, I think, and hold on. No, I, no, no, I, no, you can't say, talk, you can't say hold on no, yet no. and break my train of thought. And I'm <laughs> trying to teach you, grandson. Okay, I'm, I'm this is a lot. Rank on you here. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to stop you from talking. <sighs> I'm just letting you know, like, well, hey. I'm going to tattle to your mother on you. Okay, that's totally fine. You can do that. <laughs> I'm just, you're hitting me with a lot. And I want to know. Okay. Okay. So this is me just taking, asking you to stop because it's kind of getting like the fire hose method of information. It's like, okay, so I'm, I'm top. kindergarten level with you right now. And that's, and that's where I'm at. Okay. Okay. So you, you believe okay. that Aleph Tov is Mary Magdalene because the masculine feminine combination. The top side is, is, is Mary Magdalene. Magdalene. Aleph is. I believe that as you Christians will sit there and say, Jesus Christ, I believe he was married to Mary Magdalene. Okay. Magdalene means tower. Magdalene means tower. And I believe tower. that she is a representative of the Gentiles. Okay. Okay. All right. And she was the wife of the Savior. Okay. He's. And he had children by her. Now, a V like this, see my fingers mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. This so describe it to your audience. I've got yeah. a V. So it's a, it's a normal shaped V. Normal shaped V. Is and the right feminine or, form of the V, yes? That's, that's, that's the... Now, wait a minute. Now, underneath it, you have the what? The, the kind of the inverted... Pyramid. Yeah, the pyramid shape. The pyramid. So, the pyramid underneath... Is holding up... There we go, and that's what makes okay. the X. So, you have the feminine on top. Yep. And you have the masculine underneath. Yep. And you got a little hook there. A little hook on the top. She's pregnant. Interesting. When the Savior was on the cross and Mary Magdalene was underneath, she was pregnant with the Savior's child. Holy cow. Okay. Now, let's go to I Ching. Okay. We can jump to I Ching. I'm down with yeah, that. Yeah, we're going we're to do I Ching. Okay. So when you have I Ching, you have 64 combinations. Combinations in I Ching. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and I, I do I Ching. Mm-hmm. I know. I'll do I Ching, but I do them with yarrow sticks. I don't throw the coin because I don't believe in Gimel Dalit. Okay. So I won't, I won't uh, mess with the coins. So I do it with the Euro sticks. With the Euro sticks. Okay. Yeah. And Is I there a specific reason why you pick Euro? 
Uh, I pick Yarrow because that was the original that they used. Okay, okay. And so that's why. You can right. use any stick you want. Sure, sure. But the Yarrow... But you, I am not you, going to use coinage. You are staying yeah. true. Yeah. If I use coinage, it's a slap on the face to my savior. Okay. Okay. And I'm not going to do that. Okay. Okay. So I do the separation and I, and I do this. And I do it as part of a meditation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and I can feel myself access when I'm doing it. Now, I do it just for me. I don't do it to tell you what's going to happen tomorrow for mm-hmm. you or something. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do it for me, and I'm going to mm-hmm. hit one of those 64. And mm-hmm. Here's what's interesting. Yeah. If you want harmony, you're going to have earth above, yeah. which is three broken lines, and heaven believe beneath, which is three solid lines, and you got harmony. Now, so you take the V. The V on top, the feminine. Represents earth. Earth. On, on top. The womb. What is earth? Womb is that? The womb. Earth. Feminine. Earth. Yes. Feminine. Yes. The Strong, stable foundation. The bet. Yes. The second. The second letter of the Hebrew, yeah. And, and underneath you have the pyramid, the masculine. Masculine form, yeah. You could say that it's the penetrator or whatever because sure. it's the way it's shaped. I yeah. Mean, la, yeah. La, well, mean, I mean, in symbology, I mean, that's why military, in, in the military, the more yep. penises you have, the higher your rank. <laughs> I haven't heard that one, but okay. I'll accept that. I First time I heard that one. <laughs> I should tell that to my dad was alive because he was a master sergeant. <laughs> the old grandpa, yeah. I mean, dad, you, you really had it together there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. that's, that's very military. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> okay, locker so. room talk that they want <laughs> that they wanted okay. to get room at it sure 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 okay we don't need to go into that so okay the you're talking so, about the okay so no, okay so now here's what it means here's what it means in iching okay if you have the feminine on top mm-hmm. you have the masculine underneath you have harmony yes now what happens now here's iching now what happens if you have the feminine underneath and the masculine on top and the masculine on top so now you got this so now you got the solid lines on top. And the broken and lines the, on the bottom. Well, what now you that? got chaos because now the feminine is having to build the house and the man's having to try to take care and nurse children. You got chaos. Okay. It's chaos. In I Ching, that's chaos. Look it up. Well, yeah, I'm, your I'm, grandpa's right. No, I'm, I'm familiar with the concept of order, chaos, I Ching, Okay, yin, so yang. that's there. And so, okay. and so with I Ching, you... That's what you have. So you could take each eching and the and the eight different parts, you know, and mm-hmm. what's on top of and what combinations and everything, and everything the else. And everything else. And it's I I find it inspiring. I don't find it fun. I find it inspiring. Okay. For me. Cool. And it's part of my meditation. Yeah. So I've cross referenced all that to Hebrew. Okay. So do you do iching in Hebrew? Yes, I do. I do it mm-hmm. in Paleo Hebrew. Okay. Now, that's something else, and I'd have to show you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm the only person that does I Ching and Paleo Hebrew. Yeah, you I might use be. Paleo Hebrew only. All right. Because I Ching dates back to Paleo Hebrew. They were in conjunction, same time. So, yeah. do you believe? Here's a question. Yeah, do you I, believe? I do this. You're, you're getting into something that, that uh, I haven't found anybody else that does I Ching and Paleo Hebrew. Yeah, so here's a question. Do you believe that the folks who came up with I Ching, the folks who came up with Paleo-Hebrew. It wasn't the folks. It was a very wise man came up with I Ching on the riverbank looking at a turtle and the squares on the turtle's back, and it, and it progressed. The originators of the I Ching, the originators of 
Paleo Hebrew, do you believe that those two people were inspired by the yes. same yes. thing? Yes. Okay. I believe that the Christian name Jesus Christ, the Hebrew Yeshua, Ye- Yeshua mm-hmm. is Akhenaten. Akhenaten. Yeah, to write that down and study it. The Egyptian Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Yeah. Look at the last So Jesus was an Egyptian Pharaoh? He was Akhenaten. Akhenaten. All right, I'm I believe that. Uh, how do you, do you know how to spell that? It's A N. No. Aken. No. Nora, spell Akhenaten. A K. A K. A K. E N. Not. Oh, okay. Akhenaten. Okay. T A E N. Oh, A K H E N. A T E N. Okay. Aten. And at the end of the word, the pharaoh always put it in Aten. You have the Hebrew olive top right there. Okay. At, and then on. It could be A-U or they put E-N, and I think it should be A-N. It all depends on how you want to use the vowel. I believe it's Aken, At, An. Hmm. An is, would be the Sumerian deity for Nibiru. Okay, say that one more. T- say that one more time. <laughs> oh man, I'm you know. Okay, so say that one more time. The Nora, ah, you're gonna have uh, to ah, rescue me here. Aken Aten. Aken Aten. Okay, take an Aken. Aken. Aten. Now take and draw a line and go At An. At An. Yes. And put that in Hebrew. Okay. Now put it in Hebrew. Okay. You're gonna have to do that for me because I don't know Hebrew. Okay. Okay, I'm looking at. I, so I'm, if you're I going from right slip. to left or left to right. At on, so we're going to go from right to left. Yes. At, at olive, tov, olive tov, olive, and then on would be noon, which would be the Hebrew n. Yeah. Aken, aken at, at, on. Okay, gotcha. I got it. I got it right here for yep, you. Yep. 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 Um, no, I don't have aten on here. I got the at. Yeah, and you're talking about olive. Oh, here's the olive. Here's here's the aton. Okay. Ot, on, olive, olive noon, olive tav, olive noon. Okay. So now that's the aton. The the olive noon is the deity of Nibiru, and this is his son At. Okay. Olive tav. This is going from from right to left. Okay. So I have one quick question. Just from a, and keep in mind, I'm not saying I'm not believing you. I am taking I the, don't expect you to believe I'm, me. I'm, 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 I'm assuming the persona of someone who's never heard those words spoken before, and they just happen to go to Dr. Google and type that in. Okay? So this is, I'm assuming just the person. Dr. Google doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay. okay. Dr. Google should have hired me to help him out. <laughs> okay. Okay. So it says here that the reign of Akhenaten was from... 1351 to 1336 BC. So how do you... Nobody knows exactly what that reign was. Okay. So so how do you reconcile the birth of Jesus being and... You know, Akhenaten. Oh, he had reincarnated. He was. Oh, he okay. Come down, he had, right. come down to right. Akhenaten to monotheism and, okay. and Egyptian. And then he and then, was reincarnated he, as Jesus Christ. Incarnated his soul, incarnated. Okay. Again, as a savior. Okay. Okay. So you dropped. So he's the, been the savior twice. Okay, he's been the savior twice. Now, so if you, you look at if you look at his tomb, and there's these pictures on this tomb, of Akhenaten's tomb, of Akhenaten's tomb that they found. Okay. 
and you'll see a cross with a man on it. Anakinaton's tomb, there's a man with a cross on it. A man hung on a cross. Do you have a picture of that? I want to see that. I gave it, I gave it to your aunt. Okay. Uh, Nora's sister. Okay. So I don't have it with me. Okay. All right. And, I, and, and you know something? There's a there's certain authors that I like, like uh, Scott Walter, Walkler. And, Scott Walter, uh, yeah. And um, uh, Robert Feather, and uh, there's others that I really like that. Okay. That really know that aren't afraid to take on the establishment, and they don't profess to be great religious gurus or anything else. They just take truth as they see it, and they put it out there. And I like that. Yeah. I very much enjoy authors that are not afraid to put the truth out there and take the hit. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm looking just on the Wikipedia page. I know you don't trust Wikipedia. Oh, it's I, I like Wikipedia, but I read it with an open mind. Okay. All right. So there's a picture here. Uh, it says uh, Pharaoh Akhenaten in the center and his family worshiping the Aten. Yep. The Aten is... They call it a sun disk. The sun disk, It's yeah. not. It's not a sun disk. What, it's not then, even close to being a sun disk. Then what is it's, it? As a matter of fact, they're pointing the wrong way. Then it's, what is it? It's Nibiru. Aten is Nibiru. Aten is Nibiru. And so, and so I know that we can go for days about Nibiru. Now, so now you see those lines coming down? You see yeah. a little hand on the end? It's knowledge coming down from... Now, I'm going to tell you something, and okay. now hang on to this one, because um, my posterity is probably going to come to you to explain this, because I probably won't be here. <laughs> well, we have I it hope on, I am. Well, we have it on tape. And if not, have it on tape. we'll wait for you to get reincarnated so we well, can no, ask you directly. When the Savior comes, it's going to be Nibiru. <laughs> okay, okay. That's his... Okay. So, you're hitting me with a lot. I'm just hitting you. I'm very shallow right now with <laughs> and That's what I mean. Is it like, for me, not knowing a lot about this, it's just a lot of information and there's a lot of connections that I'm missing okay. that I know that you already have. Um, could you give me, imagine that you and I are in an elevator and you have 60 seconds oh my God. to tell me about Nibiru. To me. Oh my God. Can you do a truncated, super quick, you know, you're talking to, my mental capacity for this right now is the kindergarten level Nibiru knowledge. Think about that. Could you give me just kind of a bing, bang, boom, a raw skeleton of the major, major points? Nibiru is the chariot that the Savior will be on when he comes for his second coming. Okay. That's the chariot, the chariot of, meaning, our of our Savior. And it is a planet. And it is a planet. And it is the twelfth planet. The twelfth planet in our solar system. In our solar system, it's called the twelfth planet. It's called the uh, planet X. It's mm -hmm. called Nibiru. It's called, in this case, Aten. Called An. I actually prefer Aten, uh, but I go with Nibiru because it's uh, it's the documented uh, Sumerian name for the planet. Yeah, and it's what Zach Zachariah Sitchin kind of introduced it to. to under the Earth Chronicles, the Cosmetic Code, and all right, Cosmic so Code. I'm sorry, Cosmetic Cosmic Code. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. No, I understand. So yeah, you understand, but the listeners are going to be gotcha. laughing at me. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> but they're laughing at you. But something that I want to go come to your defense with what I just barely did. I went to Doctor Google and I typed in Planet X and I clicked on the very first thing, NASA.gov. Okay, this is what it says. This is the overview. Caltech researchers, and this is from NASA's website. 
Caltech researchers have found mathematical evidence suggesting there may, there may be a quote-unquote planet X deep in the solar system. This hypothetical Neptune-sized planet orbits yeah, our much sun. Much bigger than Neptune, but anyway. Um, orbits our sun at a highly elongated orbit far beyond Pluto. The object, right. which the researchers have nicknamed Planet 9, or whatever, Planet 12, whatever, could have the mass about 10 times that of the Earth and orbit around 20 times farther from the sun on average than Neptune. It may take between 10,000 and 20,000 Earth years to make one full orbit around the sun. An announcement does not mean that there is a new planet in our solar system. The existence of the distant world is only theoretical at this point, and no direct observation of the object nicknamed Planet 9 has been made yet. The mathematical prediction of the planet could explain the unique orbits of some smaller objects in the in the Kuiper Belt, uh, distant region of icy debris. Okay, all okay, right. So when you so okay. so okay so all right, top of your head. So when Nibiru comes, you see when we plant when when we count the planets, you would say, "Where's the Earth in our solar system? What planet is it?" Well, it would be the third rock from the sun. Third rock from the sun. No, it is not. <laughs> the seventh rock from the beginning. Okay. Okay. Name <laughs> Name your solar system. From the sun going outward? Oh, no. No, from the beginning. If you're coming, are you starting from the sun when you when you go to explore? Okay, let's let's get down to I'm going let's get off down to what first I just... grade. First grade. Okay. okay, your first grade teacher didn't know what she was talking about when she tried to tell you this. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Okay. Sister Debbie, thank you. Okay. <laughs> You're coming into the. You're coming into this universe. You're coming mm. into the solar system. I know. I know. What Who you mean. are you going to hit first? You're not hitting the sun first. No, I know. I know. You're what you not mean. coming from the sun out. I know you're what you mean. You're coming from outside in. I know what you mean. Who are you hitting first? Okay, Pluto. Correct. Who are you hitting second? Neptune. Go ahead. You can come on. You're correct. Okay. You know, Uranus, you're hitting... then Saturn, Jupiter, Kuiper yeah. Belt, or asteroid, asteroid belt, belt, Mars, Mars, Earth. Earth. Venus, Mercury. Yeah, and you got the moon. Now, in ancient Sumerian text, you have Nibiru that's coming in from the outside. Okay. Nibiru hits. But Nibiru is actually in this elliptical orbit. Orbit. Elongated. Elongated. is coming the opposite direction. You see. So it's not spinning in the same way that the rest of the planets are. The other planets are going what? Counterclockwise. Counterclockwise. And Nibiru is coming clockwise. Clockwise. Okay. That's important to understand. Okay. Nibiru's why? coming in because Nibiru at the beginning when he put everything in, here's what I taught your here's what I taught your uncles and mm-hmm. aunt. Mm-hmm. And aunt. Yep. I sat in Sunday school mm-hmm. and I took an apple. Mm. And they're sitting there looking at dad. And I'm giving them a lesson on Nibiru. Oh, I mean I gave lessons on Nibiru. I had them all the time, out of yeah. the woods and everything. <laughs> I mean, I had parents that wouldn't let their kids come to Sunday school because I wasn't teaching Jesus Christ. I was teaching Nibiru. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. didn't realize I was teaching uh, Jesus Christ is Nibiru. Okay. That's his chariot. But anyway, okay, okay. so I took an apple. Yeah. And I took, took a, a bite out of it. Big old chomp. You chomp out of it. And then I turned around and took another chomp and chomp, chomp. And then I held up this apple. Is it pretty? No, not very pretty because I spit the pieces out. And then I chopped them up with a knife. And the little pieces that I spit out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why'd you do that, Dad? And I said, "Well, that's part of your asteroid belt." Okay. So what was the apple? The apple was Tiamat. 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 <laughs> okay. 
Google Tiamat if you want okay, to. Okay, I know, but it, it's, it it's Earth. It's Earth. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tiamat, and so, so there was this. So all these planets were out and they're in chaos, and the sun and everything and brought in. So here comes Nibiru, and Nibiru come in and put everything in order, and then but he got in a fight with Tiamat because Tiamat was much bigger and Tiamat wanted to rule, and they didn't want Tiamat to rule, and so Nibiru come in and put things in order. And then now, if you cover that with water, if you get into what you call a Cinderella space, and you cover it with water, now it's all nice and smooth with a few islands sticking up here. High ground is dry, low ground is water. Hmm. And now you have more of an oval, and you have an earth. But if you used to take all of the liquid out of the earth, you'd just have a jarred up, clawed up piece of rock. But you put water with it. Hmm. And then you put it in a, into a Cinderella orbit. Nibiru did that coming in and put an order in the universe. Okay. And gave us a moon. The moon is named Kingu, K-I-N-G-U, Kingu. And Kingu gave us tides. Flushed. It's kind of like a toilet that flushes itself. Mm-hmm. And it's salt water. And so it's able to dissolve all this stuff. And that's where... And purify it. That's where the... And this is just from what I know of Tiamat as well, is Tiamat was a ancient... Mesopotamian goddess, correct? Yeah. That was yeah. associated with primordial uh, um, chaos. Primordial, yes. And the and sea salt and, and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and then Biru come in and put everything in order. Okay, okay. okay. So now you're getting All right, I'm, I'm following. Okay, I'm, I'm so picking now, up what you're putting so down. Now, so now, this, <laughs> so Nibiru, or At, Atan, Atan, yes. Makes its passage, mm-hmm. as, as you just read there. Yep. Okay, so now... Akhenaten, Akhenaten, when the yes. Savior came the first time and everything, and introduces nothing. How do you? What's the correct pronunciation? Nora, help me out here. What's the correct pronunciation? Monotheism. Monotheism. Okay. Introduce monotheism to the Egyptians. Yeah, and they didn't like it. They didn't like the fact that they, Pharaoh Akhenaten. So now, if you go, if you go to, if you purchase the cipher. And the cipher identifies Ot throughout the scriptures. King James Version took it all out because he didn't understand it. Okay. So you're not going to find, you're not going to find Ot, Olive Toth, or A-T, or E-T, however they want to do it. Sure, Ed, or Ot. sure, sure, sure. You're not going to find it in the King James Version. Okay. And in Hebrew, you're not even going to, a lot of times you're not even going to find it. They don't give the reason for it. But if you go... If you go to the cipher, and I can get the cipher book, and you look at and you take Isaiah 52, 53, and then you take a little yellow pen, and mm-hmm. you mark every at, every, every olive top that you see. And it doesn't give a meaning underneath it. It just shows it. I'll get it. Just a minute. Hang on. Okay. All right. Drop things. I'm going to bring. Okay. Gonna I'm going gonna, gonna to go ahead and keep going. Oh, and okay. You, you can go ahead and go grab it. And okay. Yeah, you'll be quick. So I'm going to look up just the Isaiah 52 and 53, okay? Yep. All right. So Isaiah 52 and 53. Uh, and we're going to pull up the King James Version just because it's just the ones that Mormons use just to keep some continuity here. Uh, and it says, Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem. Okay, so this, I'm not going to read the whole chapter just because it's, you know, they're fairly long. But basically, it uh, just talks about how, you know, what you should be doing with with God and, and when he shows up. But 
I had no idea about the NASA research and the mathematical evidence suggesting the existence of the ninth planet or twelfth planet or whatever it was. I haven't looked it up. Yeah. Whoa. When he said Tiamat, it's definitely a Dungeons and Dragons character. Akhenaten's tomb, and there's the picture. Oh, so here's the picture of the guy on the cross. Okay. Whoa. Okay, so I was telling you now. Yeah, I'm. I'm, 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 I'm yeah. Okay, hold on, give me. All right, okay, we're good. So this is Jesus at Qumran by Robert Feather. Jesus at Qumran. The uh, the Essene mysteries of John. Okay, gotcha, John the Baptist. Okay, so in this tomb, this is a, a picture of a of the wall on, on his tomb. I'm assuming. Yeah. Of Akhenaten. Yeah. And there's a highlighted hieroglyph of a man on the cross, and it looks like there's also a circular object above the cross. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There it is. There it is. Right there. There it is. You want the evidence? There it is. All right. This I, I highly recommend this author. He's one of them. I'm telling you, he's not afraid to to. Uh, Go against the establishment. Yeah. Okay. Here's archaeological proof of this happening, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, you Yewas, I mean, not Yewas, Yahoos, Yahoos, you Yewa Yahoos. Yeah, you think you know everything and get established on how you think things should look, and don't don't disrupt my Kool Aid. I like it. Uh, okay, I won't disrupt your Kool Aid. No, you, you go ahead and disrupt mine. I'm okay. You're okay with me doing it. Okay, so now you see this when you're dealing with the cipher. Yes. Everybody. If you want to be, if you really want to understand things, you should get this cipher. Okay. C e p h e r. Okay. Cipher. Cipher. You notice the Aleph Tov in Hebrew. Aleph Tov. Yes. Aleph Tov in Hebrew. Aleph now, what tov. he does, what he does in this in this book, is he identifies everywhere the Aleph Tov. You look in Hebrew, you'll see this, and gives no meaning. He puts it, the Aleph Tov, and he he pronounces it as et. Now, when you're reading 52 and 53, Christians will tell you that's talking about Jesus Christ and that uh, Isaiah is prophesying Jesus Christ. He's talking about just Jesus and what he talks about. And yeah, and as, uh, they've written books and they swear by it. And boy, I'm going to tell you something. You get into it, you're going to get into it. If you get into a good Baptist preacher that knows the scriptures and everything, he's going he's gonna, to uh, do the doodah and rip you <laughs> up, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or you're going to try to, and you better know your stuff if you're going to stand up to him. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it says, awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Okay, so now you go on and you read. So now you start at verse 9. Okay, so let's just read verse 9 of Isaiah 52. And I'm going to read it to you uh, out, of the, out of the cipher. Okay, and it says... Okay. Break forth unto joy, sing together, ye waste places of Jerusalem, Jerusalem, for Yahweh has comforted his confronted, comforted, comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I don't have my front teeth in, so I'm not pronouncing correctly here. That's okay. Yahweh has made bare at his body. Now we're going to replace at with Savior. Okay. Because that's what it means, yep. or Jesus yep. Christ. Yep. But yep. Jesus Christ is our Savior. So we're just, to simplify things here, we're going to say Savior. I, I follow. Or we could say Yeshua. But let's go ahead. Yeshua means Savior. So for the benefit of the English language, we're just going to say Savior. 
Yahweh has made bare Savior his holy arm mm-hmm. in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see Savior the Yeshua of our Elohim or Yeshua I believe it says what does it say there Lord you're yeah. reading it there no yeah 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 okay and now if you go to the uh, so now if you come down to verse 15 again no you don't have it you got to go so then you come over here and we go to 53 and you take 53 and you come down here to verse uh, 6 and it says all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned everyone to his own way and Yahweh has laid on him savior the iniquity of us all he was oppressed he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shears is dumb so he opened not his mouth he was taken from from prison and from judgment and who shall declare savior ought savior his generation now in e- in english you're not getting you're not getting the ought because king james took it all out because he was going by the by the uh, puritans and the and the, uh, the other words the catholics and the protestants mm-hmm. of that day and in the name that they used and he was just trying to bring them all together and everything and so they wrote up the new testament and they didn't have it they didn't understand it so they just dropped it yeah Okay. Yeah, you got a bastardized uh, the King James version okay. is nothing more than a bastardized. So uh, let's let's keep rounding that corner and bring it back to Nabiru. Okay. Well, Nabiru is Ot. That's the savior. Nabiru is Ot. Nabiru. Ah. So so you said that Nabiru is the chariot of the savior, but it's also the savior. Yeah. Well, it's his chariot. It's, he's also the savior. He doesn't. He's there for our purposes and everything. He's he can travel anywhere he wants to, but he's using this chariot when he comes, because he's coming to rescue us. Okay. All right. And, and we might be taken into his orbit, and put into our, another orbit that's more conducive for the millennium. Okay. And the millennium, you mean the thousand years. Of, where the Savior will reign on earth yes. with the righteous. Yes. And so the earth might have to be tweaked into another... Another orbit. Uh, well, another type of orbit. Closer another to the type sun of orbit. Or, or whatever. And if the sun is dying, maybe it's going to... We're going to be in... Okay. Nibiru's sure. ...realm of protection to a new sun or whatever. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Let your imagination go crazy. It's okay, fun. so I, now I have a question. This kind of draws back to the idea of Mormon cosmology. Is Nibiru synonymous with Kolob? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you could say that, I guess. Yes, you okay. could say that, I guess. Yeah, so, you could say that the, the Northern Star, Kolob, or something. You could say that it could be synonymous with Kolob if you want to. So in this line of thinking... I'm not, this, I'm not against that. The star from which the three wise men followed to Jesus' manger. Could be Kolob. Or Could N- be Nibiru. Nibiru. Could be uh, possibly. Aten. I'm not saying yes or no. Okay. I don't have the answers. I, one side of me says yes it is, and another side of me says no it is not. Because if Nibiru is, it depends on how close Nibiru comes in the orbit. But when Nibiru, Nibiru comes next time, Okay. And I'm going to tell you what I think the date will be. Okay, hold I, on. I think I figured out closely when it oh, will okay, be. Okay, okay. So before we get there, and I want to know that, I'm going to look at... While well, you're doing that, i got to get my scriptures. Okay, okay. So 
if we type in Nibiru in a simple, good old Dr. Google search, well, we pull up the first thing, and it's a Wikipedia article of the Nibiru Cataclysm. And the Nibiru Cataclysm is, supposed, is a supposed disastrous encounter between the Earth and a large planetary object, either collision or near-miss, that certain groups believed would take place in the early 21st century. Believers in this doomsday event usually refer to this object as Nibiru, or Planet X, which we have been talking about. Planet X with the, the feminine and the masculine and all that stuff. The idea was first put forward by uh, Nancy Leiter. Is that how you say her name? Pardon? Nancy Leiter, the the founder of the website Zeta Talk. Oh, I have no. Oh, idea you don't you don't know about her? Okay. Um, with the ability to receive messages from uh, she, so this lady describes herself as a contactee with the ability to receive messages from extraterrestrials from the Zeta Reticuli star system okay, through an I implant don't, in I don't her brain. Her. You don't you don't you don't jive with what she's saying. I don't. No. Give much attention to her. I, okay. Okay. So you're not jiving with the implant in her brain receiving messages from the extraterrestrials on Planet X. She doesn't have any more of an implant than you have. Okay. All right. All right. Um. And so, you're talking about the specific date and time, or date, roughly. Uh, in 2017, or so, okay. The 2012 Mayan calendar also kind of comes into uh, a, a play here. Uh, they talked about December 21st, 2012 being the time, you know, end of the Mayan calendar. It's just going to be that same time. And then, in 2017... A conspiracy theorist, or whatever this, and this is just from uh, Wikipedia, self-proclaimed Christian numerologist named David Mead. Does that name ring a bell to you? Christian what? Uh, David Mead. No. No? Okay, so this guy was claiming that he was doing some numerology, and he cited that the solar eclipse of August 21st, 2017, as the harbinger in which... No. Yeah, okay, I read that. Okay, so... It obviously didn't happen in 2017. No, no. So, Grandpa, no. let me know when Nibiru is coming. The Savior already told you. In Matthew, he tells you. Punch in and find out all the references to the parable of the fig tree. He talks about it in Jeremiah. I'm not going to give you the references. I don't have them in front of me. I have them tucked away over on my desk and everything, but they're all there. Okay. Parable of the fig tree. So we don't have to go into the parable of the fig tree. Yes, we do. Well, okay, but we don't have to, like, say the whole story of it. The parable of the fig tree is very short because the Lord said it's the coming of the Savior is, is and he always uses the, the example of the parable of the fig tree. Okay. And so, then we have two witnesses that are going to show up in, in Revelation 11. Those, those two witnesses are also identified in Isaiah and Jeremiah and everything, and they're the mm -hmm. house of Israel and the mm -hmm. house of Judea. There you go. So it says, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know the kingdom of God is near. Yeah. Okay, so he's now, talking what, about that summer is use, already near. Why does he use fig tree? I'm not sure. Why does he use a fig tree? It blossoms within itself. Okay. A fig. I had a fig tree in the back of my yard. Okay. It blossoms within itself. And there's a certain, in, in the Mediterranean area, mm -hmm. there's, some, there's a certain hornet. 
that has a beak that's perfect and comes up underneath the pig and goes in there and gets the pollen yeah. from the little seeds yeah. that are bursting inside the pig itself. Yeah. And I noticed that the starlings and stuff would would come to harvest the figs in my backyard and they would go in, but the fig tree didn't blossom out. So it's a blossom within. We have the Savior within us. Hmm. Okay. And so we're going to be harvested from within. Parable parable of the fig tree. Study the parable of the fig tree and you're going to find the answer. Why did the Savior use the fig tree? You have to ask yourself. Now you have to search it out. And you have to search it out for yourself. Some preacher is going to get up there and give you his rendition Mm -hmm. or the rendition of his leaders above him. Sure, Okay. Uh, you're your own prophet. Okay. Okay. So now, so for you, when then, does the when does the yes, when does the thinking. fig tree first arrive and everything? In late spring, early summer. It's saying there, mm-hmm. and then it goes through. So follow the parable of the fig tree, and when the harvest of the fig comes, and as Jeremiah say, you put two baskets in, and you have one that's overripe and one that's just ripe, just right. Yeah. And when it comes, and when it's harvested, that's when the Savior is going to arrive on his chariot in Nibiru. And uh, can you give me a date? No. Nobody can give you an actual date. Can you give me a a rough estimate? Yeah. Because you said... When you harvest the fig. Well, I know, but I'm talking about... Okay, when do you harvest the fig tree? In in chronological time. In chronological time, I would say it'd be... Uh, when you harvest your figs would be towards the end of summer would be the actual harvest, but it takes place through a period of time and it's coming up and then suddenly there it is. Now, let's go, let's go to... Uh, Wait, hold on. So you said that you were going to give me a, a rough estimate of when yeah. the beer is coming. Yeah, I Can think you it'll be... Yeah, I like think how it, long from... Now, what year? Can you give me a year? 2021 or 2022 summer. Summer of next year, or this coming year, or the year after. Yeah. All right. Now, I could be wrong. Okay. And I'll have egg all over my face, and I'll have Mm -hmm. to be pulling my foot out of my mouth, and I won't be the first person that's done this. And so that's my personal feeling, and I could be totally wrong, but I don't think I am. Okay. I don't think I am. Okay. I can accept that. But I'm not going to be one of these guys that turns and that's what it's going to be. You go. But let's let's go to... uh, uh, on the parable of the fig tree, you have that. You can look, you can look through it. Uh, you know, certain things have to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeremiah says, we're the hammer of the earth, and I can go through it. But I'm going to show you one thing that sits here in one of my favorite books, which is Matthew 24. And Matthew 24 makes a statement that I think is prophetic that lines up with the Nibiru. Okay, which is what? <clears throat> Which verse? Uh, Twenty-four thirty. Okay. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the heavens. That's the skies. Yes. So the sign of the Son of Man, I believe, is going to be Nibiru. That's the Savior's chariot that he's going to use. What if they spelled the word sun wrong? Instead of S-O-N, it's S-U-N. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Grandson... Take your English back to the Greek, and from the Greek to the Aramaic, and from the Aramaic to the Hebrew, and you're mm-hmm. going to get your right answer. Okay. 
All do right. some reverse research here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. What if I spell grandson wrong? Well, I mean, okay. it's okay. a pretty grand son. And then the sign of man shall appear in the heavens, and then all the tribes of the land will wail. So all of a sudden, you see this great big disc that Akhenaten is kind of looking at and everything, and suddenly it appears. Yeah. Clouds around it and everything else. Yeah. You're going to wail. Oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to scare the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to start asking questions. What is this thing, this sign that's up there? And it's Nibiru, as the, the ancient Sumerian. I say it's Aten. Yes. I, I, I like to the word Aten. Aten. It's the Aten. Yes. Aten. And they will see the Son of Man coming out of the clouds. So there's going to be clouds. Now the Son of Man is coming out of the clouds. Now how he comes out of the clouds, I'm not going to predict how that is. You've mm-hmm. got this and that. Okay. Uh, with power and much glory. And he will send his cherubs with a great sound of a large trumpet. Now, you take that trumpet, that's a shofar. And they will gather his chosen ones from the four winds and from the ends of the sky to the other. Well, everybody's saying that's the rapture and we're going to meet the Savior halfway up. Baloney. Baloney. You don't believe in the rapture? I do not believe in the raptures as the Christians see the rapture, no. Okay. I believe that, I believe there could be a calling up, but uh, we're going to have to... We're, we're going to have the face of the dude on a third world war and everything else. It's mm-hmm. not going to, you know, there's a lot of Christians that think, oh, well, the Jews are going to have to fight the third world war because they weren't baptized. Mm. Uh, so they weren't worthy. Oh, you're worthy? Mm. And using Gimel Dalit to call his name, which okay. means riches? Yeah. What makes you any better? Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm following. Anyway, so these cherubs that are going to come out, I think they're going to be UFOs, but you're not, they're not going to be UFOs anymore because you're going to identify them as flying chariots. Chariot. Flying chariots. Yeah. Okay. What so picked these, up these... Elijah? What did Ezekiel talk about? He described it with the wheels and everything else. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's going to come out. Okay. And I, and I really think that uh, right about this time, you're going to have Ezekiel 38 and 39 taking effect. Okay. And in 39, what does it say? I'm going to shoot your. I'm going to cause your bow to fall out of your one hand and your arrows to fall out of the other hand, whichever is a good hand, your right hand. Left yeah. Hand. Yep. 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 You know, I'm going to return your missiles back on you. Oh, well, that's not good. No, that's not good at all. Yeah, it's going to happen, mm-hmm. and you get to witness it because you're young enough. You, wit- I, I. Here, this is what I will say: you will witness it. Okay. And you're going to come back and you're going to say, "What was Grandpa talking about?" <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think I'll be here. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So so there it is. And so follow the parable of the fig tree. And he gives you. He gives you. Heavenly Father is going to give you hints. And he's going to give you things to follow. But you're not going to know the next, the exact time. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like your wife giving birth. Okay, here comes the birth of the labor pains and everything else but i don't know exactly when when the baby's coming when the baby's coming i don't know yeah you just know it's on its way only heavenly father knows Mm. not even the son knows exactly when it's happening and why is that that's because there's this thing called repentance okay how's the world repenting joan in the whale yeah now you think joan got swallowed by a whale 
Do you really think Jonah got swallowed by a whale? No, I don't. You've heard you've heard that Sunday school lesson. Yeah. No, I don't believe that. Well, there's a lot of Christian preachers that'll tell you, yeah, he got actually swallowed by a whale. Because a that's literal whale. Yeah. Yeah, because that's how it's written, and they'll show yeah, that yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, know, sure, some sure, Norwegian sure. whalers opened up, and here was a man still kind of alive that was in the belly of this whale that got swallowed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Have you ever heard? You have UFOs. Have you ever seen a UFO? I've seen things that make me seriously I've wonder. Seen, I've seen actual UFO with my cousin, actual UFOs, unidentified flying object. I could not identify it because it did not fit into the realm of how I understood things. The same, same with me. Okay. I, I've, I've witnessed, when I was working out in the woods, with, yeah. there, I've, I've seen some things that were inexplainable for me, things that I didn't understand. Unidentified object. Yeah. UFO. Mm-hmm. How about a USO? Have you ever seen a USO? Unidentified swimming object. Submerged object. Submerged object. Oh, okay. The equi- I have not because I haven't spent a lot of time well, in the water. Well, people have seen UFOs go into the water and underneath. There's a lot of people that said that seen that and they've seen USO flying up out of the water. Yeah. I believe that Jonah was swallowed by a USO. USO. Heavenly Father works that way. He can't just zap us up there. We're 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 encased in this. We're nothing more than an organic android. I like that theory. I, I, I like that. You know. I like that. You watch Star Wars stuff. You got the android. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we're just an organic one, and it stuck our soul in it. I like it. We're not artificial intelligence, but we had this here's this artificial intelligence sitting there just waiting for a soul to enter and take over. Okay. Okay. All right. So you gotta you have to have something that's that can handle it that'll give the atmosphere for for Jonah to survive this trauma mm-hmm. we're gonna put him through. Yeah. Because he gets on this boat and he decides to flee from his calling. I yeah. wait a minute, I sent you to Nineveh yeah. to straighten it to warn these people and you're trying to take off for Tarshish here where they yeah. make tin and stuff, you yeah. know. Yeah. Out there. Mm-hmm. on the other end of the Mediterranean mm-hmm. and you get out at sea uh, here comes this you know and they this do the whale uh, quote unquote no the storm and so he gets thrown over and this whale picks him up this they what do they say sea monster I mean it ends up coming down after it comes from Hebrew to Aramaic to, to Greek to English Latin Greek Latin English by the time it gets to us it's a whale or a big fish yeah okay and now this uh, USO spits him up on the ground. Yeah. Jonah goes into Nineveh, preaches repentance, and then goes up on the hill and waits for Yahweh to come and blast it. Yeah. Yahweh doesn't blast it. Jonah gets upset. Why not? Well, because they listened to it. They repented. I mean, but he uses a tree and all this stuff <laughs> yes, to, yes, yes, to yeah. explain all this. Yep, yep. You know, so it's called repentance. So nobody knows exactly when because it depends upon what you want to do. Because you have that blossom inside of you like a fig tree, mm. like the fig, the fruit of the fig. Yeah. And it blossoms from within. And so you got that blossom from within you. How are you going to let that grow? Are you going to let it get polluted? Are you going to let it deteriorate inside of you? If you are, you're going to be a rotten fig. If you're not, you're going to be a good one. So which is which? So Heavenly Father is the only one that knows that. Not even his son knows exactly how everybody is doing with that blossom inside of him. Mm. That's the parable. 
of the fig tree. And that's why he uses the fig tree as the the, example. Because it is the blossom from within. You blossom within. Nobody sees it except you. Yeah. And your Heavenly Father. I like it. Sees that blossom. Now, what are you doing with your blossom? You know? Hmm. Are you going to pollute it with Kimmel Dalek? God said this and God said that. And put God on my coinage and everything else. Yeah. In fame and fortune, I believe. You will profane my name no more. That's all I got to say on that one. So you got your inner blossom. Wonderful. You got your inner blossom. What are you going to do with it? And that's going to determine exactly when all this comes down is going to be turned where what man does with his inner blossom. Follow the parable of the fig tree. Myself, I'm just thinking, I'm looking around with all this stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. With repentance and with everything else, and allow a man his repentance. Oh my God, you know how wild your grandpa was? You know, when I had one of my sons sit there and say, <laughs> Trump cannot be qualified for president because of his locker room talk or whatever it was, I'm going, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, you should have heard your dad <laughs> at one time yeah, or something. Yeah. Okay. You know, I turned. Yeah. Okay. And I decided to straighten out that blossom that was blooming inside of me as best I could. Now, it's my judgment. When I, when I sit before, before my Heavenly Mother and go over my report card, I hope I got, did a pretty good job with that inner blossom hmm. because she's going to be seeing it at that time. Okay. And she's going to be telling me, okay, this is what you need to do in the future. On your next time around or maybe you've done pretty good and we're going to put you over here to where you can really help some people you you want to be a missionary we're going to make a good missionary out of you correctly <laughs> or something i don't know <laughs> yeah uh, you know maybe you're gonna you never know you might end up coming down as an isaiah on another earth and another in another universe uh maybe maybe i will an earth is nothing more than a cinderella planet as they call it okay in nasa okay where we're we going why don't we just call it there? Okay, we can call it. I think we that can is, call it there. This is just. I just want to let you know that this has been one of the most amazing weekends of my entire life. <laughs> we haven't even got into Bigfoot yet. Oh, oh my man. gosh! Oh, <laughs> uh, that's gracious. when we can have fun with nothing but ten, but with sixty uh, forties there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll I'll swing back around and we can do and we can do that. Yeah, you can. We can. We can even do that over the phone. Yeah, pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I love you, Grandpa. I love you too. Son. All right, son. You betcha. Thank you.